This is episode 327 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Survival Skills to Teach Your Kids During Summer Break and Dakin's Solution for Wound Care. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, just to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. Hey guys, I believe that the key to preparedness is having multiple streams of income. Multiple streams of income will allow you to get prepared, pay down debt, and build an emergency fund. So if you are interested, you can go to microbiz.biz or theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. So let's go ahead and jump into our articles for this podcast. Um, The first one comes to us from bsurvival.com, and the title is Survival Skills to Teach Your Kids During Summer Break. You know, I'm very aware of summer break and that it's coming very, very quickly. If uh, you didn't know that it was summer, maybe you don't have kids in the home, Uh, Maybe you have grandkids, uh, but at least you're feeling the heat, uh, or at least I I think you're feeling the heat, because I know that I've seen some people on Facebook uh, way up north talking about uh, how hot it was up there. And so you can imagine what it's like in Texas. It's it's brutal. But uh, as summer comes, the kids sometimes, uh, you don't want them just sitting on the computers or sitting on their games, video games. You want them out and about. And why not, while while you have them outside, why not teach them some survival skills? You can do it and make it fun. And uh, at the same time, you know, you're teaching them some really great things and, and some really great skills. And so who knows what you might uh, spark in them. You know, that you might spark a love for the outdoors, a spark for survival, a spark for, you know, bushcrafting type stuff. And uh, so uh, let's go ahead and read this article. Maybe it'll give you some ideas to, uh, to do with your own kids or possibly even... Uh, your grandkids, and maybe even if you have some younger, I'm like really younger kids, maybe the, you get some ideas here so that as you're as they're growing up, that you can maybe it's something like camping, and you start them off camping really early in life, and then that's just something that you always do, and it's just it's natural to them. So let's go ahead and jump in uh, to this article here from BeSurvival.com. School days are winding down, so now is the time to start making summer plans to keep kids busy. So why not teach them some survival skills? With summer quickly approaching, you are probably already starting to think of things to keep them busy and entertained during the summer. You are probably like me and don't want them glued to a TV or playing some video games for hours on end. You probably want them to learn, explore, and get off their butts and do something. Well, I have the perfect solution for you. Teach them some survival skills. Most of these are important lessons that younger generations are not learning anymore, which is a crying shame if you ask me. Some of these suggestions could even possibly be skills that they find they enjoy and pursue that as a career one day. And since they are out of school and they don't have to worry with homework and studying, this will be the perfect time to get out and do some of these survival projects and learn some skills that one day may save their lives. So activities to do during the summer. Number one is go camping. 
Camping is a great family fun way to enjoy each other's company while your kids are inadvertently learning great survival skills and learning how to live in the wilderness if need be when the SHTF. Hey guys, I just want to let you know here. So if you are, and like I said, if I, I wish I would have done this early, early on and just kind of instilled this into my kids. Uh, I loved going camping. I was a Boy Scouts. I mean, I always looked forward to that. Um, it's not something that we did, uh, you know, as, as my kids were growing up, but we did, uh, you know, go out to the country. I mean, we do go out to the country, but it's not the same as camping. If your kids are a little older and they might not be used to camping, you might want to start them off kind of slow, maybe doing like an overnight trip, um, whatever, making it kind of fun, like really fun for them, uh, where, where it's enjoyable for them to go. And then, so next time they'll want to go. And so you can kind of start off small, maybe, you know, in the summertime, you break up the months and you go, uh, you know, one uh, month you go and it's uh, maybe over a, a night, you know, Friday to Saturday, or maybe it's a weekend. And then later on in the, in the summertime, you go for a little bit longer or, you know, you save it for when it gets a little bit cooler. I know here in, in, the, in the Houston area in Texas, uh, you know, going camping around October is really great if it's not rainy. Man, that's the perfect weather to go. And so you just want to make it fun if it's something that, you know, they're a little bit older and they might think it's dumb. You want to make it fun, you know, build some things into it. Maybe you go to a campground that has some fun things that are there for them that you're able to build into the day or while you're there. And definitely while you're there, you're going to, you know, do some cooking and and incorporate them into all of that. And we talk a little bit about that here a little bit later on into the article. And I'll I'll touch base on some of those. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, The next one is go off grid. This is great for older kids, teens and adults especially. Have a whole day with no cell phones, no internet, no TV, and even no electricity. Don't order out and sleep through the whole day either. Try to play games and come up with dinner without power. This is a good way for kids to learn that they can live without all those electronics. Also, try incorporating this with your camping trip for an even better learning experience. All right, so on this one, and I don't know, you know, if you have older kids, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to willingly want to go off grid, especially if they're used to their cell phones and all that kind of stuff. Now, um, what you could do is you could be really, really bad. If your wife, your spouse is, is okay with this, Um, you might turn off the electricity early in the morning, turn off the electricity and just let everyone know, oh man, the electricity's out, (laughs) whatever. Um, You know, right now it is like, we have like record heat in in the Houston area. And so everyone is like, man, if this is the way summer is going to be, it's going to be really, really hot. And so in the times when it has been really hot, we have experienced brownouts uh, where the power goes off for one or two hours just because it's just overextended. And so, you know, if you're in an area where where they have experienced stuff like that, they might not uh, think twice about something like that. But if your if your spouse is okay with it, maybe turning off the electricity at the uh, at the circuit breaker, and then kind of just going through the day and trying to make the best out of it, seeing how they would react. I think that might be a way to do it. Um, I don't know. You might have kids that are willing to go ahead and go off grid like that, and if that's the case. You know, you don't want it to be, again, you don't want it to be a bad experience. You don't want the whole prepper survival, end of the world, you know, let's rough it type thing. You don't want it to be such a bad experience that they don't want anything to do with with all the stuff that you're doing. 
You want to ease them into it so that when you start talking about, hey, let's go practice building a fire, let's go practice, you know, some, uh, you know, cutting some wood or, or whatever it might be, or cooking, you know, on on uh, an open fire. You want it to be something that they're willing to do or at least willing to try. You don't want it to, to be something that they totally hate. All right, so the next one is go over what to do in a disaster. Write out plans of what to do in different disasters. Remember to add details like what to do if you are home and where you should meet up with other family members. Also remember natural disasters like hurricanes and tornadoes. Um, one of the things you might want to add to this one is maybe as a family, you watch American Blackout. I know that I've talked about it before. You can find that on YouTube. And there's also there's one that is based in, in Britain, so British Blackout. And so you, you might want to use that as a starting point, a jumping off point, and uh, you know, like, kind of have like a family movie. And so like order some pizza, get around the TV, watch this, watch this show. And then maybe later on you can talk a little bit about it and say, hey, what if that happened here? I know that it's a docudrama and I know that it was on TV, but what if that happened here? Or, you know, this was a, a real serious event, but we do have things like hurricanes or tornadoes or flooding or blizzards. And so what are some things that we should really plan for? And you might get them a little bit more apt at that point to talk about it and to really start putting down some plans. If you make them a part of it and you start asking their opinion and you start writing it down and, and going from there and asking them why, they, you know, why they're saying what they're saying, they're, they're buying into it. And especially if they're giving suggestions, you want to, you know, to honor that and you want to have them talk a little bit more and give them, give them or give you their reasons for doing that. And so uh, you might want to incorporate that into, uh, into that one. The next one is build a basic shelter. Teach your kids how to make a shelter using sticks, grass, paracord, and other materials. They will love having a little fort to play in for a while. And I will also say um, not only building a shelter with the sticks and stuff like that, but maybe getting some tarps and uh, doing some tarps and showing, some, showing them some different configurations out there. And if you're not familiar with it, you're, you can learn with them as, as you're going. Uh, maybe start out with some big contractor bags and uh, you, know, you can go from there or some tarps. I mean, you can get tarps really cheap at like Harbor Freight for $3.99 sometimes when they're on sale. And so getting a couple of those and, and teaching your kids some knots and how to string those up, I think that would be a great way to, uh, to incorporate those uh, in, in this one right here. The next one is learn to store and preserve foods. Make your own jams and jellies, ketchups, and barbecue sauce by canning them together. Kids will love to try their very own condiments. Teach them how to properly store food and water. I think this is a great one, and especially if you're making jams and jellies and even ketchups, you know, different different types of ketchups. If they like different seasonings and they can make their own ketchup and, and who knows, you know. Uh, it's funny because here in my house, everyone likes a different condiment. Uh, I have, you know, one son that likes barbecue, one that likes ketchup, one that likes honey mustard. And so, you know, making some of those and talking, talking through some of those and, and uh, you know, storing them and different things like that. Uh, you know, you can talk through those and, and let them be a part of making those in the kitchen. The next one is read children's survival books. This will improve their knowledge about what needs to be done in a crisis. It'll help prepare them for when the SHTF. Uh, you know, actually, just today, I, I was uh, on social media. I can't remember which platform, but someone had a bunch of the I Survive books. Maybe it was on the Facebook group, on the Prepper website Facebook group. 
and uh, I think I was alerted to a message that someone posted there or something. And uh, they had the I Survive books, and I, I'm familiar with them because I know teachers had them in their uh, in their classrooms in, when I was an administrator on the campus. And uh, the kids really liked those. I mean, they were very interesting, and it opens the door for conversations. And so that's a great suggestion right there. Um, there's a lot of you know, especially finding some some books like Hatchet um, that has. Um, a, a movie counterpart with it, so you can read the book and then go read, you know, go watch the movie, and you can compare and contrast those and uh, talk a little bit about the differences there. Next one is plant a small garden. Heck, it doesn't need to even be a garden. Just plant a vegetable in a planter if you want. Teach them to know when it needs watering and how to know it is ready to be picked. And again, I've mentioned this before, but go to Home Depot or Lowe's and, and get a, you know, a, a tomato plant that already looks like it's, it has some fruit on it or it looks like it has some, uh, you know, re- it's ready to, to start budding and go ahead and get that and just watch them see the, the tomatoes grow and just start that from, uh, from an early age and let them uh, be able to see it turn, you know, or to grow, be green and get bigger and then turn red or, or you know, a little bit of orange. And then eventually pick it. I mean, that's a that's a great thing, you know. And, and that way, kids. Uh, there's some kids that believe that vegetables and fruits and, and meat and eggs and milk all come from the grocery store. And so, uh, if you can instill that in them, you know, that fruit and vegetables that someone grows it, and uh, you know, talk to them a little bit about that. That would be great. And then you can walk them through. I mean, you might get some insects. You might need to fertilize and the watering and all that good stuff. Uh, great suggestion there. You can start off small and then and get grow from there. Next one is make your own bug out bags. Skim through this list, and so there's a link there, for items you may need for your bug out bag. If you already have a bug out bag, go through it to test and check everything like flashlights and other battery powered items. And check clothing items. You have to make sure it still works and fits and etc. So a good one there. Maybe that's for older kids there as well. Um, you know, talking through why you need to have a bug out bag, giving them the reason for it, um, showing them some of those things and, and testing them out. Again, the clothes, kids grow so fast. Uh, you might be able to stick some, a t-shirt or a shirt or, or some underwear in your bug out bag and you could leave them there for a while, but kids grow so fast that you want to make sure the stuff that's in there for them uh, continues to last. So a good one there. Practice some archery. Build a bow or buy a bow and some arrows and have it have at it. Teach your kids how to aim and focus on the target. Always have someone to supervise though. And I would add here, if maybe you don't want to do archery, maybe a pellet gun. Uh, you can get uh, a Crossman pellet gun, a really nice one, pump one, for about 50, 60 bucks. And uh, I think even Wally World, I mean, if, if you your Wally, Wally World will sell it, um, they have one with a, a scope on there where you can get, you know, for 60 bucks. And so that's something if you have a little bit more property, uh, you know, a little bit more backyard and you can set something up. I mean, I think that's great, uh, a great skill to have in starting them out with uh, with firearms is starting to shoot that pellet gun. There's no recoil. There's no uh, there's no anything like that. So really, they're practicing their aim and, uh, you know, shot placement and all that kind of stuff um, before they get to the bigger guns where you know they'll start to experience some recoil and and stuff. So by then they'll already know how to uh, you know line up their shots and all that good stuff. So I would add that to that as well. Next one is build food buckets. 
they will get a kick out of making these survival buckets. And so there's a link there. But survival buckets, I think that's something that you can incorporate them and help help them to uh, help you. Because when you make buckets, you have to go pretty fast. I mean, you need to get the oxygen absorbers ready to go. And when you're doing that, you need to get them, uh, you get moving pretty quickly. And so uh, definitely you can include them on that. Include them on inventory and why you, why you inventory. I mean, you, they have to be a little bit older to do this. Um, talk a little bit about first in, first out, and maybe your canning rotations and, and things like that and why you do some of the things that you do. And uh, again, you might have kids that are like, man, I don't want to know anything about this, blah, 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 blah. And you have you might have some other kids that are totally into it. I mean, they're with you there all the way. And uh, so you just got to know your kids and be able to feel them out. If the kids that just don't want to know anything, you can you know say something like, you know, hey, I just want to let you know this just in case I can't be here, you know. And so then that that takes it up emotionally for them. You know, hey, what do you mean you might not be here? And you don't need to go into that. But, you know, just whatever, for whatever reason, if you need to cook and I can't be here, I want to walk you through some of this stuff. And so, you know, make it small, 5, 10, 15 minutes, and then maybe you build upon that later on. Next one is go fishing. Going to the lake or pond and fishing is the ultimate way to start the summer. Older kids may like to try survival fishing with some fishing line and a hook. Get them to try to find something to make a fishing pole like a stick or a tree limb. Younger kids can be taught how to tie knots and flip over rocks to find worms and bugs for tackle. Try to teach them to feel when they get a nibble since in a survival situation you are more than likely not going to have a bobber. All right, so that's a you know that's definitely a go-to one there that you can try, and then get water from trees. They will love to see a demonstration about how to get water out of a tree. Here's a handy guide that will show them. And I think any way you know anything that you can do outside as far as like the bushcrafting, the survival, um, you know, the, the getting the water again from the trees here, but also purifying. I mean, once you ha- if you have a kid who is interested in it. Man, the sky's the limit, right? If it's if they're not, this could be one of those things where when you go camping, you can tell your kids, "Hey, uh, I am. Go- we're going to do something. We're going to do an experiment. Uh, I'm going to set this up here this evening, and we are going to, uh, you know, tomorrow before we leave or whatever, we're going to come back to this plastic bag and we're going to find some water in here. Do you think?" that I'm going to have some water in there, you know, and kind of go from there. And they'll be like, no, you're not going to find water. But uh, who knows? Uh, They might be totally surprised. And that might be enough of a, uh, you know, interest for them to get them thinking about, well, how did dad know this? Or how did mom know this? And uh, that's very interesting. That's good to know for, uh, you know, for for whatever reason, to impress my friends, maybe. (laughs) All right. So final thoughts. These are just a few things you can do with your kids during the summer to teach them and prepare them for disasters. A lot of these are skills that they should learn anyways, but this is doing it in a fun, exciting way to keep their attention and teach them without them knowing. Make it fun and exciting. What will you be teaching your child this summer? Have an idea? Share it in the comment section. We'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. So again, uh, I think this is something that you should want to do. I know that when we go out to the country, and the boys are with me. It's something that I try to instill in them. It's something, you know, I try to bring out a new skill or talk about it. Uh, we're always talking here. And uh, they, they're, you know, I have, 
you know, kids on, on every level, you know, one is kind of like, you know, Hey, if I need to, I'll survive or whatever. The other one is like totally all into everything outdoors. And another one is like, he'll come along, you know, if things are right, you know, uh, but, uh, and he's a little bit more apt to do things outside and, and go along with it and stuff like that. Uh, he's not totally opposed to it. So, you know, and you might find that you have kids that way too. Uh, and it helps if you have a spouse who is, a little bit more apt to outdoors and survival and prepping and, and all those types of things because you know now it's not just dad doing it and his crazy hobbies and stuff like that it's dad and mom and uh, you know this is something that you know maybe we should consider a little bit more there's a lot of things you can do and you know your kids best and so just be smart about it you don't want to force feed it if if your kids are going to uh, you know give you some uh, backlash on it but, uh, you know, you just want to be smart about it and start instilling in it, instilling some of these things inside of them. Who knows? You might uh, you might start something, a spark in one of your kids that just sets them off, you know, uh, down this route for the rest of their life. All right, guys. So that's at BeSurvival.com. And there are a lot of links here that you might be interested in. Uh, every single one of these, it looks like it has a link uh, almost to another article and some other information that you can go and uh, and get. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our next article. Um, because this is the Friday podcast, I always go to the archives and bring out um, an article that um, was is, is from the archives and maybe something that I haven't read or I didn't read on the podcast before. Now, this article is a little bit, um, it, it's a lot newer than uh, a lot of the articles that I read. But as I was looking at the tag cloud, I was like, you know what? I think this would be something really great to know. And I think this is one of those that you might want to print out. So this is one that you might, uh, you know, not too long ago, I did a video on a great Chrome extension that allows you to edit a web page and print it out so you can take out all the other stuff from it and just get the information that you want. And so you might want to do it that way. But this one's actually from doomandbloom.net. And so Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy do have uh, a little plug-in at the very bottom. If you, you got to scroll all the way to the bottom of the article, but there's a little green button that says print friendly. Now you're going to get some of the, the graphics and things like that uh, when you print it out, but it, it's there. It kind of makes it a little bit easier uh, to do that. But that Chrome extension is available. I'm going to go ahead and link to that video in the show notes if you want to go take a look at it because I think it's a, it's a really great extension if you are printing out things and you're keeping things in a survival binder. But uh, this one definitely is one that you might want to uh, print out. It's called Dankin's Solution for Wound Care. And it's basically it's a, an antiseptic that you can make that was made during World War I and is still in use today. And you can use it if you are out of any kind of antiseptic and, and you need to clean wounds and you want to make sure that you minimize infection. So let's go ahead and read this one. Again, it's coming to us from doomandbloom.net. Uh, the title is Dakin's Solution for Wound Care. One of the challenges facing the caregiver in an austere setting is how to prevent infection in open wounds. After a disaster, people may be forced to perform activities of daily survival to which they are not accustomed. Injuries may occur as a result. Infections will be more likely in areas where hygiene and sanitation are questionable. Without advanced medical care, a bad outcome may be the end result. A simple and affordable method that was used as far back as World War I may be the answer for the medic. 
wound care with Dakin's solution. Dakin's solution is the product of the efforts of an English chemist, Henry Drysdale Dakin, and a French surgeon named Alexis Carell. In their search for a useful antiseptic to save the lives of wounded soldiers during World War I, they used sodium hypochlorite, or household bleach, and baking soda to make a solution that had significant protective effect against infection. The chlorine in the solution had a solvent action on dead cells, which prevented the accumulation of bacteria in open wounds. As an aside, both sides in the war were also using chlorine in gaseous form as an anti-personnel weapon. Today, Dakin's solution is still considered effective enough to be used after surgery and on chronic wounds like bed sores by many practitioners. It's easily prepared and can be made stronger or milder by varying the amount of bleach used. Use it simply to clean the wound during dressing changes by pouring onto the affected area or to moisten dressings used in an open wound. So the Dakin Solution Recipe. To make Dakin Solution, you'll need just a few items. This recipe is from Ohio State University's Department of Inpatient Nursing. So you need unscented household bleach, sodium hypochlorite solution, 5.25%. Avoid more concentrated versions. You need baking soda or sodium bicarbonate. You need a pan with a lid, a sterile measuring cup with spoon, of course sterilized by boiling, and you need sterile canning jars and lids. Of course, wash your hands beforehand just as you would with any medical procedure. Then put 4 cups or 32 ounces of water into the pan and cover with the lid. Boil the water for 15 minutes with the lid on. Remove from the heat source. Use the sterile spoon to add half a teaspoon of baking soda to the water. Add bleach, the sodium hypochlorite 5.25% solution in the amount needed. See below. Pour into a sterile canning jar and close with a sterile lid. Label and store in a dark place. So the amount of sodium hypochlorite to add. For full strength, and that's 0.5%, you need 95 milliliters or about 3 ounces or 6 tablespoons. For half strength, you need 48 milliliters or 3 tablespoons plus a half teaspoon. For one-fourth strength, you need 24 milliliters or 1 tablespoon plus 2 teaspoons. And these are all of bleach here. For one-eighth strength, you need 12 milliliters or two and a half teaspoons. Note, three teaspoons equals one tablespoon, 14.7 milliliters. Two tablespoons equals one ounce, equals 29.5 milliliters. So once canned, it's been said that Dakin's solution will remain potent for about 30 days. For survival purposes, however... I would make it as I need it for wounds or maybe just make a few jars at a time. Once open, discard the remainder after a day or so. You may also consider Century Pharmaceuticals buffered version of Dakin's that is thought to last about a year. So using Dakin's solution on wounds. The pour into wound once daily for mildly infected wounds. Twice daily for heavily infected wounds with drainage of pus. Alternatively, moisten, not soak, dressings used inside the wound, not on top of the skin, with a mild strength solution and observe progress. I would prefer using it as a cleanser as opposed to a regular component of a wet dressing. 
Some studies show that use in this manner may be injurious to developing cells. Having said that, if you're dealing with a severe infection as opposed to preventing one, it may be reasonable to incorporate Dakin's into the dressing. Dakin's solution can be used as a mouthwash for infections inside the oral cavity, but must never be swallowed. Swish for about a minute before spitting it out no more than twice a week. Full strength may irritate skin, so consider protecting skin edges with petroleum jelly or other skin protectant moisture barriers. Look for evidence of skin rashes, burning, itching, hives, or blisters. If irritation occurs, drop down to a milder strength or discontinue. Do not use in those allergic to chlorine. It should be noted that not all practitioners agree about the benefits of Dakin's solution. Certainly, there may be other options with regards to regular wound care, including sterile, normal saline, and sterilized tap water. Antibiotics also play an important role in treating infected wounds, and a good supply is important for any medic in a remote setting. However, Dakin's is well tolerated by patients and is simple to make with affordable ingredients. It's another tool in the medical woodshed for scenarios where modern medical help is not on the way. All right, guys, I thought that was very important. That's one of those that you want to file away and know for sure. Uh, because if you ever got to a situation where, um, you know, you, you couldn't go to the drugstore, you couldn't go to Wally World, you, you know, you couldn't go to the doctor, um, you're going to need to have something to fight off infections. And uh, it might be one of those things where um, if you have some uh, a way to make bleach, and that's the other thing, you could use, um, you know, pull shock to make, a, you know, a bleach solution. And I know that we've talked about that before in the past. I don't know at what percentage that solution would be. And so you would really need to look at that. But uh, if that was the case, you could have a little bit of pull shock and it would go a very, very long way in creating, you know, all types of cleaners for you. And then, um, you know, including this right here, this Dakin solution. So uh, go check that out over at doomandbloom.net. There are links here that you can check out, uh, especially that Ohio State University, University's Department of Inpatient Nursing. I'm just curious, you know, what else is there that you might be able to find that would be useful to print out and uh, keep for a survival binder. So anyway, um, definitely go check this one out. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. All right, so yesterday in our Thursday podcast, I mentioned that I wasn't able to do a conflicted scenario just because it was so late, and uh, really, I'm really feel, I'm really feeling it to, today. Uh, but uh, I do want to bring that conflicted scenario to you today because I know that a lot of you look forward to it. And so uh, here's the conflicted scenario. Like always, this is one of those that you know you might want to think it through a little bit, talk it over with someone. Uh, possibly, or even if you wanted to come over to edthatmatters.com, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so you can go directly over there and you can participate or you share your comments because you know you learn a lot uh, from other people's comments and other people's perspective. Now, I will say that this one here is very familiar to a lot of people who are used to biblical prophecy because this is one of those that a lot of people believe might happen in the end in time. But even if you're not into biblical prophecy, this one conflicted scenario would cause other uh, situations and scenarios. I won't go into it, but uh, other reasons why you might or might not want to uh, to participate in what this scenario is. So uh, with all of that, let me go ahead and read it. Like always, I'm going to read it two times and uh, and go from there. So here we, here we go. 
The US dollar has been printed out of value and the global economy collapsed. Now the governments of the world have mandated everyone receive a radio frequency identification or an RFID chip as part of a new digital currency. Everyone who does not receive the implant will be cut off from buying or selling. Would you receive the chip or what steps would you take to survive in the new world era? All right, so those of you that are uh, you know, into biblical prophecy or maybe you, you've even read an article or you have an idea, um, you, you know, red flags are already coming up. But even if you're not, um, you know, there's some other things there that you might want to consider. And uh, so I'll just leave it at that. But let me go ahead and read it one more time. The U.S. dollar has been printed out of value and the global economy collapsed. Now the governments of the world have mandated everyone receive a radio frequency identification chip as part of a new digital currency. Everyone who does not receive the implant will be cut off from buying or selling. Would you receive the chip or what steps would you take to survive in this new world era? All right, guys, that's uh, conflicted scenarios there. And uh, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And if you want to uh, leave your comments, you can go over to edthatmatters.com and drop it right there for uh, for other people to see what you would do and how you would handle this situation. Uh, and like I said, I'll tell you that there's other uh, implications other than just the biblical prophecy side of it of uh, why or why you might not want to uh, participate in getting a, an RFID, R, RFID chip uh, implanted inside of you. So uh, leave it at that. And uh, just want to let you know that I appreciate those of you that have uh, hung out with me all week long. Um, it's, you know, it, the weeks go very fast. It's just, it's amazing. It just felt like, you know, just the other day I was uh, doing, you know, the, the Monday podcast and now here I am, uh, you know, on Friday signing off uh, for the weekend. But uh, speaking of the weekend, I do hope you have a chance to get some things taken care of. Uh, you know, maybe do some get some dirt time out there. Uh, you know, spend some time with family. Uh, if you are a church uh, goer, go to church. All those types of things, man. Just I uh, hope you have a great weekend. And like always, if you're looking for more preparedness content, uh, you can come over to Prepper website. We do uh, we post you know eight to twelve articles every single day, twenty four seven over there, and a lot of great content over there for you. And if uh, even if it's not something you find on the on the main page, you can go over to the other pages that are available. Uh, I have pages that are dedicated to alternative news, uh, conspiracy theories, DIY. Um, you know, frugal living, um, you know, just regular news. And there's just a lot of information over there for you if you're interested in that. And then if you haven't yet, uh, you know, would love for you to come over to the Facebook group and be a part of that. And, uh, you know, join us over there. We've got a lot, great group over there. There's a lot of wisdom and uh, new people joining all the time. And so uh, I'd love to be able to see you there if you are not. Uh, and if you're not, you know, on social media, don't forget that my ebook comes with uh, access to the Prepper website forums. And so I know that there's a lot of people who like, Todd, I don't do social media. Well, the forums are there. So you could purchase the book and, and uh, not even be interested in, in the micro biz aspect of it, but want to join because of the forums and be a part of the forums. And so uh, you can do that as well and be a part of that over there. Uh, I love seeing all the things that are that are posted there and interacting with everyone there as well. Well, guys, like I said, that's it for episode 327. Hey, 
Don't forget, if you are not subscribed to the show, come on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget to connect with me. There's a ton of ways to connect with me on, in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.